Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 223. In this episode, we discuss the power of active lists, the value of negative customer feedback, the beauty of HubSpot's sales analytics tools, the usability of HubSpot traffic analytics filtering, plus how Mark in the UK got ahead in dating. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tricks, tips, and strategies for growing your sales, service, and marketing results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Oh, I'm good, Ian. And look, there's always a new marketing idea, isn't there? And I'm gonna—I love how we're going to finish the show with the story of Mark and his dating site. It's great, but can't wait. But sometimes I just find... Do you find this? You're just like so out of ideas. You can't think of a new campaign idea. You can't think of a new ad headline. You just... And this is why it's inbound marketing thought of the week. You've just got to take a break sometimes. You just got to refresh, recharge, take a weekend yes. off, uh, relax, come back, get the creative juices going again. And listeners, I'll give you another example. I was struggling with a product we were trying to do lots of Google ads for. And being a product in the transport industry, one of the things I did was because I was struggling, I took a day out and I went to our customers premises and I looked at their entire facility. I looked at the workshops. I looked at the product. I looked how they manufactured the product. I spoke to the designers. I really immersed myself in that. And after that day, I really felt like I understood what was going on and gave me ideas for new things. So there's another way to really come up with ideas on what you can do next. I really like that. You know why? It's that that's that intersecting spheres. You know, as Steve Jobs used to say, get two different um, disciplines, combine them together, and that's where the magic happens. And that's what you've done. You've brought marketing plus actually a deep, immersed understanding of the industry they're in, brought them together, and that's when the creative juices run. Now, Craig, on to our quick shots of the week. And we've got some quick items that will be of interest to our listeners. The first one is conversations inbox getting tweaked. Yeah, and hashtag it's the little things. Just some nice updates to the conversations inbox around the information it shows, plus just the sorting. So it's when it's last received as opposed to that last replied or interacted with. So that'll stay at the top. And another one, listeners, is how Google autocompletes predictions are generated. This is an interesting article. Danny Sullivan, over, well, Google search liaison, just kind of detailing how they prepare those autocompletes. You know, when you're typing in your browser a search term and it kind of completes it for you as if by magic, discusses some of the trends, uh, not trends, the ways that they do that as opposed to Google Trends. It's different and especially in how they personalize it for the location you're in and perhaps current events that are going on and also importantly how they filter stuff out. You can still search for anything but they will often stop autocomplete if there's particularly sensitive or hurtful or you know discriminatory autocomplete suggestions that would otherwise have occurred because people are searching for them. That's really interesting, Craig. And listeners, if you don't get a chance to get the show notes, Craig has typed in, why is HubShots and Google has autocompleted important, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> Someone's wondering why we're important. <laughs> and finally, how to get Google to index your site quickly. And this is another gem from Content King, a really great article, piece of content, should I say. And I encourage you to, to read it because it has some great tips in there. All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. And this is about building segments using active lists. 
Yeah, I thought we'd uh, look at active lists this episode. Not that it's a new by any stretch, but just some of the power of it. That's right. And I think one thing people don't realize, the power of active lists keeps getting better and better because every time I go in there, I see something new that we can segment by, which gets me excited. And so we're going to give you listeners some examples of how you can use this filtering criteria to get an understanding of what is possible. So, Craig, do you want to say a few things that you've come across? Yeah, I thought we'd highlight, I think people know that they can go in and filter on contact criteria or company prior properties. But I wanted to highlight a few others, in particular, say, line item properties. That's um, where you can pull from deal line items. And marketing emails is another one. Page views is another. I'm actually going to give a, a more detailed description on that in a second. But then all the integrations they will often surface Correct. criteria that you can filter against. So we've actually got some in our portal, screenshot from our portal here, like Zoom recordings, uh, if they attended or registered, things like SMS sends, whether they were sent an SMS. And so there's so many things that we can filter on. And the reason for mentioning this in the show is because, uh, not that any of these are necessarily new, but so many portals that we go in, people don't realize the power that's there. And so just a reminder to use that power. What's one that you find, uh, Ian, that's uh, underused that you're, it's, it's something you're always going to, but you're surprised clients don't necessarily use as much as they could? The one that's underused, Craig, is the marketing emails. And the, under that, it's emails that, have, that you have perhaps sent the, and the person hasn't opened it. And you can quickly create a list of that to do a resend at a later date. Yeah, that's a good one. In the show notes, I've got a screenshot of the page views criteria that you can drill into. And just an example, here's, you can actually use regular expressions in the page views. And uh, I've got an example here of how we might create a list based on people that have viewed perhaps checkout pages. And then you can further refine those filters based on date a number of times. So for example, you could uh, filter on people that have visited a checkout page in the last week more than once. So you could actually do that and then you could run a report on it. We often just use lists for running reports, really. Create a report. How many people did this? But of course, you can trigger workflows for follow-up, nurture sequences and actions. Customers, we use this in a similar way recently for people that were marketing a product that they had on their site, but they had a very limited list of people that had bought the product or that they knew of. So I created a list of all the people that had viewed that page or those pages that contained those similar products. And I was able to generate quite a good list out of that. And I, sh and I said, look, we could send this email to these people because they've actually looked at this product on the site before. And they were like, wow, there's that many people that have looked at, this, at that product. And it was a really good way to get in front of those people potentially with an offer that they had for that product. Now onto our sales feature of the week, Craig, and this is, and this is what I love, always going around looking at sales analytics and what do I see? The new green button on the sales analytics tools. And this got me excited and I clicked <laughs> in and I've had a play around. So listeners, if you're in sales or you know people in sales, this is, there's some really key reports and what they've done in this new dashboard essentially is organize it better and give people a better understanding of what's happening. And one of the 
other things they've done is at the bottom, they're always looking for feedback and they've actually said you can request a report to be added to this. Now, I'm not going to go through every report, but I really loved how it was organized. It was organized into three main categories. It was coach reps and teams, forecasts and pipelines, and sales outcomes. And under that, they had a bunch of reports, which is really well organized. And I've highlighted one, which is the weighted pipeline forecast totals. And I just had a play with it. It says, it gives you a total. It tells you based on the goal and the target where people are and who the people are and what stages it's in. And then it even breaks it down in a table below. And you could do this over time and then you could do this as a comparison. And this is some of the changes that they've really uncovered recently, which I really enjoyed. And again, you can add this report to a dashboard if you want. We haven't had a full play with it, but it's a great start. And I, I'm excited to go and show it to some of the people that we talk to on a weekly basis, because I think this is really powerful in understanding how you can improve your sales. So they talk about sales velocity. They've got a lot of that. So I can really see this as being a powerful tool for sales teams, sales managers, and even people to train their sales team to get better results. I was going to say this is hashtag, it's the little things, but hashtags, it's the big things. That's really right. Good. But again, Craig, I think this, this has all been around. They have just organized it better by understanding better what people are accessing, how they're accessing it. And I think we don't see this. I know behind the scenes, there are a lot of analytics that goes into what people are looking at. We often see things get decommissioned or get grandfathered. And this is one of those things. It's like, how do we make this better? I'm sure some salespeople who are very vocal would have complained and said, oh, this is really hard to use or it doesn't make sense. And that's what I love about it. Working with sales teams, I think you understand really quickly, like sales, they want things quickly and they want things easily. They don't want to go about it the long way. And I think this is a direct correlation and a result of that. Now, listeners, we usually have a HubSpot stumper, but no one sent us one this week. So if you are listening to the show and you've got one, please feel free to reply to the email that you get every week or hit us up on Instagram or LinkedIn and we would love to include that in the show. Now, Craig, on to HubSpot Extra of the Week and these are the traffic analytics reports. And another one from the hashtag, it's the little things. So they've just improved the traffic analytics report a little bit. Well, the pages report specifically under traffic analytics you can now filter by domains and language i will just say though it's hubspot domains that you have in your portal so if you've got your tracking scripts on a wordpress site uh, it won't pick that up as a domain to filter from you will still see all the page views in the overall view but you can't filter down specifically on non-hubspot domains unfortunately Uh, but still it's really nice and we find this really useful uh, especially in a an enterprise portal where you've got multiple brand domains that you can just quickly switch between to see their actual analytics. So yeah, got an example in the screenshot from the HubShots, how we just filter that down. And listeners, again, it is a enterprise feature if you've got brand domains. So make sure that that's what you're looking at. Now, also you Uh, might uh, see this. I'll, I'll just clarify, you can filter by domains on pro because you might have separate domains for blog and landing pages and you might have a website as well. But yeah, I probably should have been clear. You can switch between any of the domains. They might be subdomains within a brand domain. All right, our marketing tip of the week, listeners, and this is Google My Business Updates. Now we've got a little 
I created animated GIF, Craig. That's very nice. Um, have we mentioned Google My Business before on the show, Ian? Only a few times. I'd Only actually, about to every honest, single episode. To be honest, listeners, I tr- did some training this morning to quite a few people. And again, I was reminded even to myself how much we are not doing and how much is available that you could take advantage of. And what I've highlighted here is that Google has really surfaced on and Google My Business, the tools to keep people informed at this really important time that we're going through about, are you still running? Have your opening hours changed? And what safety measures you're taking in your business? So, you know, do you require people to wear masks? Do you require them to have their temperature checked? Do your staff wear masks when they're meeting people and are they temperature checked? Also, do people require to have, book an appointment before they come and see you? These are all really key things that Google can surface to others to make it easier to deal with your business. And one of the best things that I saw is that that will surface in the search results and will actually tell people that you provide on-site services and you've got the option to have online appointments. And if you're using HubSpot, you can create a meeting link and embed that straight into Google so people can book meetings. Very nice. And we said last episode we should create one for HubShots, didn't we, Ian? I haven't got around to it yet, but we should create Google My Business. Okay, Craig, on to our insight of the week. Tell me about your value of negative customer feedback. All right. I, we've mentioned this on the show, that, and the, the takeaway from what I'm about to chat about is that every negative customer response you receive is a chance to make money. And I'm going to give an example of something I've just experienced recently. So I attended an online event. It was a paid event uh, a couple of weeks ago, probably about four weeks ago. It was really good. The same company associated with it had an event this Saturday, this past Saturday just gone, and it was terrible. Now, at the original event that I went to, I was so impressed. Um, I was considering purchasing some of their future events. However, after Saturday's event, I was like, oh, forget this. And anyway, they sent out a give us your feedback on the, the event. I replied and said it was terrible and gave them negative feedback. I always include my name, phone number and email address when I give feedback because I'm happy for them to call me. And also, I think when you do that, they take it more seriously as opposed to anonymous feedback. Anyway, I I did send that back, but I didn't expect to hear from them. I thought that was the end of it. They called me today and I had a half an hour chat with them about it. They listened patiently while I gave them all the feedback and they kind of agreed with most of the feedback that I gave, not in a patronizing, yeah, just listen and, you know, make the guy happy kind of thing, but in, I thought, a constructive conversation. He said, yeah, that was good. And then they, they pushed back on some things. But then about this future event, I was saying, you know, and I, you know, I've, I've been put off future events. So then we chatted about that and it was a chance because I still had questions. The reason I hadn't signed up for it weeks ago is I still had questions, right? Gave us a chance to chat through those and we talked through, I had a whole bunch of questions and they just relieved me of that anxiety I had about the future thing and and kind of you know kind of overcome some of the objections I had so that whole anecdote is just a reminder to people that when you get negative feedback take it as an opportunity to chat with that person first of all if they've taken the time to give you feedback especially when it's not anonymous I think I took most of the emotion out of my feedback and I wasn't making it personal you know, I wasn't saying, oh, you guys suck or anything like that. I was saying, here's, here's my feedback about your event. When you get that kind of feedback, don't dismiss it. Use it. 
because with that half an hour phone call, I'm pretty close to signing up to a future event, which is not not an inconsiderable amount of money to attend. And that's half an hour of their time that will get a good return on investment. So I think the message is pretty clear. Have you had these kind of experiences, Ian? Absolutely, Craig. Makes all the difference. And I think I've spoken about this with a car purchase about a few years ago, which was a very similar experience. And, you know, I've referred them more business, like taking my friends and family there to buy cars. So, and then that's a result of somebody actually caring to talk to you and understand what the real problem was. All right, onto a HubSpot throwback of the week, Craig. And believe it or not, a year ago, HubSpot added Facebook Messenger into HubSpot for free. And the ability to manage everything in the conversations inbox has been a massive gain and a game changer for a lot of people. Just thinking about all these tools that they're using to communicate with people, having a shared inbox, having Messenger come in there, having tickets going in there, having one place that their team can work out of has made a massive difference. Now, out of that, I found a really good article, and this is from the head of conversational marketing at HubSpot, Connor. And it's interesting post. It says, 10 things I wish I knew before creating my first Facebook Messenger bot. So I encourage everyone to read it. It's a good, it's a good piece of content. Look, it's uh, not, not to uh, comment on the content itself, but on his title, head of conversational marketing, did they just steal that from Drift? And it's like, they just have to have a name for everything these days, don't they? I'm the head of conversational marketing. Really? Oh, what do I What are you the head of, Craig? I know. I've got to come up with a title. (laughs) I'm the head of of conversational negative feedback to to companies I may do business with. I don't know. All right. Onto our resource of the week. And this is scroll depth tracking using Google Tag Manager. And Craig, I didn't know about scroll depth tracking. Tell me. Yeah, so look, it's just a way to get a percentage event going to Google Analytics so that you can track how far down the page people scroll. You set it up via Google Tag Manager. It simply pushes events into Google Analytics so you can see that someone went 25% or if they went 50%, then they also went 25%, then 50%. And you can monitor that across pages. Very good way to be able to check which pages people aren't scrolling through. So you've had bounce rate where you can tell when they leave. Now this will help you get insight into how far down the page they went. So, yep, good article. Craig, would this be very similar to if you use Hotjar and you saw the scroll depth tracking in Hotjar? Yeah, yeah, it would be. That heat map, yeah. it's, It's nowhere near as beautifully displayed or pulled together as Hotjar, but yeah, very similar uh, insight. Excellent. Now onto our quote of the week, listeners, and this is from Jan Shepard. Yeah, I found this via Kate Carruthers, who I follow on Twitter. Uh, Hi, Kate. And the, the quote is, data is a gift from the past to the future. So ponder that, see whether you agree or disagree. And if you do think it is a gift, are you actually taking that gift or are you neglecting it? There's all this data. Uh, sometimes we just don't actually put the right overlay to gain insights and value out of it. Now, Craig, we've got a few bonus links of the week. Have you ever been to companies where they have their Wi-Fi ID and password on a piece of paper stuck on the wall for guests? And you're sitting there kind of, oh, okay, I've got to type this. Oh, no, it's like, oh that, is, that a, is that an L or is that a capital I? What's, uh, I don't know. Oh, I've got it wrong. Imagine if you could just put that into a QR code. So everyone comes in, guess, oh, yeah, just scan the QR code, go straight into your phone or, or whatever. 
Um, well, there's this site called um, JiFly or something like that. Got a link, okay. Pure JS JavaScript Wi-Fi QR code generator. And why is Pure JS important? It because it means it's doing it in your browser on the client side in your browser so it doesn't send your details your password up to a website or anything like that but you can create those qr codes and make life so much easier for guests to your office such a good find craig and next one is online diff checker now listeners if you're not in the software world a diff checker will mean nothing to you but it's essentially a differential check so comparing two text files and this online one supports PDFs, images, etc. And it highlights the differences. So if you have ever coded before, you would have done this to check versions between files to see what has changed. And this is something you can do online to find what differences there are. Now, what I do find interesting, Craig, is images, which is really interesting. I haven't actually checked the image one. I just saw that, but um, I've mainly used it for text. We often check ad copy for differences or uh, yep. things like that. So, yeah, it, it can be quite useful. All right. Now, listeners, I'm sure you've been all hanging out for this. This is about Dating Mark. Okay. So, this is his site, Dating Mark. He's a guy in the UK, I think Sheffield. And he was having trouble getting dates on using apps like Tinder and things like that. Just wasn't working for him. So, he put up a billboard on a main street saying, date me, date Mark. Do you want to date, have a date with me kind of thing? And that led to his website where people could apply to go on a date with him. And it's pretty funny. I read through his site. He's a funny guy. Anyway, he's had more than 3,000 applications. So many applications that he's actually had to turn off getting any more applications. So go and check it out. Why do we put this in the site? Well, if you remember at the start of the show, we're talking about, oh, I'm out of creative ideas. Well, this guy (laughs) tried all these different ideas for dating. Well, he came up with a new idea and it's worked for him. So don't ever think there's no new ideas to be had. Listeners sometimes think doing the opposite of what everyone else is doing can also be a great idea when you understand what the market's doing. So having your finger on the pulse is very important. Folks, this is not a suggestion that you go and create a billboard um, to get a date, right? So you know how sometimes people give tips and go, oh yeah, I'll write that down. I'll do a billboard too. Sometimes I feel we give, when we talk about marketing topics, they go, oh yeah, I must do that. So this is a good example of the idea is to get creative. Don't go, <laughs> God, build board up. Although, oh, that reminds me, I want to check with, we should check back with Brian Halligan how their billboard idea went in. Where were they that doing that? That is exactly what I was going to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, where was that? Was that in, that was in San Francisco they were doing it? Where'd they try? Correct, on? exactly. When he did his, I think he, was it his sabbatical in San, San Fran? I, we've actually got to go, I think it was on Medium. We should, we should check back and find that. Mm, we should. And if we don't, we should ask Brian to let us know what happened. Oh, he listens to the show. I'm sure he'll reply after he hears this episode. Well, listeners, thank you for listening to this show. And we would appreciate if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Again, we are also on YouTube. And if you would like help with anything, there is an option on hubshots.com. If you need help with anything digital marketing and HubSpot, we would love to help you. Craig and myself love talking to you guys. And it surprises us how long some people have listened to the show. So you've got to watch the video after this because Craig's making hand gestures. That was my love heart symbol. We love talking with people. Yes. That's right. And we love the variety of people and the different things people are doing globally. So don't feel afraid. We would love to have a conversation. We would love to help you out. And nothing is too small. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. 
Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips, and resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.